0: Welcome to the Future Print Podcast, celebrating print technology and the people behind it. Well, hi there and welcome to this week's Future Print Podcast. And I'm very pleased to have two guests with me who will be speaking at our Future Print Geneva Summit on the 29th of June. And i um, the interesting element of this really is that, as we've said all along, our summit is investigating new innovations in technology. And uh, we're really broadening uh, what we're looking at here by talking to Ono or uh, who is, thank you, Ono, <laughs> who is head of uh, health security at SickBus Solutions. Welcome to you, Ono. Thank you very much, Fraser. Very pleased to be with you today. Thank you very much. And I also have Roberta Sirio, who some of you may know, who is a SICPA specialist in the inkjet space, particularly focused on thermal inkjet. Roberta, good to speak to you. Thanks, Fraser. Good to
1: be with you today.
0: So what I wanted to do today, really, is just get a little bit of a flavour for what you're going to be talking about. Um, and, And the title of the session in Geneva starts with Introduction to Applied Technologies in Life Science, which will be a uh, a 10 minute introduction from Arno. So, Arno, just firstly tell us a little bit about you, because for anyone who doesn't know you from our industry, it would be useful to know your background, and then explain a little bit about what you're thinking will be the, the approach you take in terms of what you're going to talk about at the Geneva Summit. Arno.
2: Yeah, thank you. Thanks for the opportunity, and uh, a little bit about myself uh, to start with, indeed. Thank you. Um, I've been uh, joining SIGPA uh, a little bit less than a year ago um, and uh, to lead uh, this growing practice uh, that is the one of health security solutions uh, at, at SIGPA. And I will come back to what it is. Uh, prior to be with SIGPA, I was for seven years the head uh, of health and healthcare uh, communities and projects and practice for the World Economic Forum was based in Geneva uh, for the past seven years in that capacity uh, which meant actually organizing and supporting many public-private partnerships, uh, including in the field of epidemics prevention and preparedness, uh, including as we launched uh, Vaccine Innovation Vehicles back to 2017. Uh, such as, for instance, the Coalition for Epidemics Preparedness Innovation, which was one of the first investors, believe it or not, in BioNTech and Moderna vaccines.
0: So, so quite good timing, I know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and
2: we've been very, very proud to work with the Gates Foundation, with uh, yeah. governments of Norway and Germany and, uh, and the Wellcome Trust. Uh, and we were very successful. We raised 750 million on the get-go and when we launched in Davos in January 2017, I mean, we offered the world an instrument that would get us better prepared, at least when it comes to accelerating the research on vaccines. Now, prior to being with the World Economic Forum, I was for 10 years with Philips, where my uh, na- last role was to lead uh, uh, the strategic efforts and the uh, MA and and business development efforts for the company. And even before to join Philips, I was, uh, uh, leading the finance uh, functions for Backstair in Europe. So my uh, my background, as you as you can sense, is more or less 20, 25 years of experience in healthcare, both in the private sector and in the uh, non-profit sector with uh, the World Economic Forum. Uh, the common thread being it's always about partnerships. What I was doing with Backstair was about partnerships. What I was doing with Philips was about partnerships and acquisitions. And the DNA of uh, the World Economic Forum is to catalyse uh, novel partnerships that would not be uh, supported by uh, economic uh, forces or drivers, and address some of those gaps in uh, in the interest of uh, protecting the world
0: mm-hmm. and the
2: healthcare of populations.
0: Following the success of
2: 2021's virtual Futureprint Leader Summit, the event is back for 2022 this time as a two-day live and virtual hybrid event. Taking place on the 29th and 30th of June in Geneva, Switzerland, the Leaders' Summit will provide a forum for discussions among leaders, inspiring presentations and opportunities to address the key challenges and opportunities in print, all in the stunning setting of Geneva. To register your interest in the Futureprint Leaders' Summit, visit futureprint.tech forward events.
0: I guess people would be thinking, right, well, now you're at SICPA. And right. uh, some people may know SICPA from marketing a security, from currencies, from their digital solutions. So explain to me the sort of the connection and, and how, I guess, your background and knowledge opens up new market opportunities, I guess, for SICPA.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, obviously uh, for, for SICPA, uh, SIGPA, the same way I was describing SIGPA's, uh, the World Economic Forum's DNA, SIGPA's DNA is to support uh, governments. Hmm. And uh, supporting governments, uh, enabling trust between governments and the citizens, and increasingly allowing governments uh, to uh, assert their sovereignty uh, in context of crisis. Uh, yes. Uh, So, uh, you know, SIGPA has been in the business of protecting currencies uh, for uh, more than 90 years. Uh, SIGPA was founded in 1927 and uh, developed a a very, very large business to protect banknotes and support central treasury departments in the protection of banknotes with many layers of uh, printed features uh, that actually allow for governments to track uh, counterfeit. uh, and, uh, and and deter uh, criminals. Mm. The uh, the uh, then Sigpa went into product marking for the same reason, always supporting governments as they uh, facilitate their efforts to recoup excise taxes on products uh, that would be otherwise diverted or counterfeited. Mm. And uh, and Sigpa had the business uh, since well I would say for the past two decades in protecting medicines. So that's where the health business of Sigpa has started mm-hmm. in the field of authenticating drugs and in the field of protecting chains of custody. Um, by the way, uh, and that's what uh, made me very, very excited with Sigpa. I always consider this problem of drug counterfeiting mm-hmm. to be a massive one. Uh, you know that uh, we estimate that one million on the planet are dying every year from uh, fake drugs and falsified medicines. Mm-hmm. And just to give you a, a comparison, uh, if it was a disease, it would be one of the top 10 diseases. Yeah. Uh, uh, the the, the, the uh, toll rate, the death toll of counterfeiting drugs and counterfeit criminals in the pharmaceutical industry is equivalent to hepatitis B and C combined. So think about that.
0: It's yeah, a, it? a massive issue, isn't it? It's a massive issue. You don't you don't hear so much about it, but from governments. But yeah, uh, I absolutely. think you're
2: right. Absolutely. And governments, they implement all sorts of efforts. They serialize products. They protect the supply chains and so on. Uh, I think we, we are very, very strong believers that digital and physical solutions need to be combined. Mm-hmm. And actually, we need to increase uh, the cost of doing business in a way of Uh, criminals, because if you raise the bar high enough, uh, we know the way it works. They go to Mm. another market. Mm. The Mm. same way the the tall uh, bar has been raised for uh, narcotics, Mm. then you end up with those criminals doing fake drugs now. So increasing the cost of doing business of criminals is our business in support Mm. of government. Mm. Now, obviously, uh, when I joined uh, SIGPA, this was also because I wanted to build mm. on my past mm. experience with the World Economic Forum. So what else do those governments need in context of crisis? Yes, they need secure supply chain for yep. drugs drugs and vaccines. We've seen an increase by more than 47% in fake medicines during the COVID period because mm. it's a very lucrative market. I mean monoclonal antibodies, antiretrovirals, vaccines, all of them have been copied to death. Mm. And that's not something we can allow. Now, Mm. obviously there is also something that needs to be considered, and I will stop there. This is the fact that governments need to be trusted by their citizens Mm. when they implement protection measures, non-pharmaceutical interventions. When do you need to wear a mask? When do you can? When can you go to the office? When do you get you your your kids uh, to school? And uh, mm-hmm. and you know all of that has been from time to time a little bit irrational, not necessarily rooted in data analysis and epidemiology science. Yeah. We want to offer governments those uh, crisis management cockpits that mean aggregating all sorts of relevant data. So that predictive modeling can be applied. Sure, uh, sure. So that's where we are looking into testing wastewater, testing flights for the presence of contaminants in mm-hmm. uh, in toilets and so on. Mm-hmm. And uh, and with all of that, we think we can help governments make better decisions and actually restore the trust with the citizens.
0: Sure. And I guess that just bringing the connection back to. Um, you know, obviously thermal inkjet technology that, that sure. Roberta is involved in. Um, I guess I, I know that you're, you know, one of the statements that you make in, is prevent, detect, and anticipate. And sure. it's this sort of this this experience that SICPA have in terms of elements of security, elements of marking, um, and weaving that technology into um Different aspects that, as you said yourself, could be involving in medical, could be biochip, could be lab on chip, could be all sorts of engineered DNA, really clever technology that kind of bridges the SICPA experience and knowledge and understanding with your uh your kind of view of, of of where healthcare uh perhaps needs support in certain certain elements. Is that right? Yeah, that's absolutely
2: correct. And let me take you uh, through maybe only one example. I mean, uh, you know, I was reading this morning in some US newspapers that uh, the Center for Disease Control uh, was increasingly worried that because we don't test anymore, because we use home tests, and this is the same context context with WHO, actually, we lose track of the way the COVID is developing. We actually are less informed. On recent COVID development than we were six months ago when we were doing massive testing, right? Yeah, uh, of course. And, and all that data was available. Now, mm-hmm. uh, if when when we will have inexpensive bedside technologies that will be connected, like they will be the uh, there will be your next blood pressure monitor, right? Mm-hmm. And and if you allow to share your data in an anonymous fashion. Uh, if you are enable this small device that is going to cost maybe a few hundred dollars mm. and, and it's ba- and it, it's enabled by a lab and chip mm. thing, mm. then you will become used as a consumer to not only test for yourselves but share this data in the interest of many. Yep. So, but this is not going to happen with big Illumina sequences that cost millions. It has to be that new technologies. Are going deployed that are going to allow for decentralization of screening. I'm not saying testing, of screening and surveillance. Everyone being part of a global surveillance system, Mm -hmm. not being surveilled themselves by the
0: yeah 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 surveillance meaning not necessarily you know cameras watching but more about data anonymous data that adds to understanding. you know of what's going on, of yeah. what the impact is. Yes, absolutely. And I don't like the like the word surveillance, by the way. <laughs> yeah.
2: uh, uh, unfortunately, this is the standard verbiage being used <laughs> in uh, in public health conversations. But I, yeah. I, I, I would rather uh, I would rather discuss anticipation and preparedness and yeah. allowing for networks to emerge. Uh, that would be shared network for commonly shared data.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So
2: that's but I think uh, you know people need to understand that every citizen has a world uh, has a role. As a role in that yeah. in, in, in that in that capacity. Yeah. You can we okay. are a number in that respect, aren't we?
0: Absolutely.
2: <laughs> so decentralized the lab on chip. <laughs> Absolutely. It mm. will be it will be needed
0: immensely. Mm-hmm. Roberta, just to bring you in here, obviously um your background is is Thermalink Jet, from your experience in the past, and now you're part of uh, the team bringing um, an understanding of Thermalink Jet to SICPA and and the opportunities. So, you know, what Arno and I are just talking about there with uh, lab-on-chip and uh, biomolecules, tell us a little bit about that. You're going to explain a little bit of that at the summit, aren't you?
1: Yeah, my indeed, my presentation will uh, deep dive, let's say, into the technologies and applications that uh, at SIGPA uh, we are looking at or developing or have developed in the past as part of European projects uh, in this field. And uh, so I will start briefly talking about what are the core competencies uh, in authentication of the medicaments that Arnaud was mentioning. And then I will move forward on the capabilities and uh, experience that SIPA has uh, uh, to, with lab-on-chips for point-of-care uh, tests for um, spotting in-jet biofluids. And uh, here I will briefly mention uh, one uh, development that we had done uh, in the past uh, of a new printed concept that uh, enables to print uh, up to 28 uh, biofluids. And this will be very useful, let's say, for uh, uh, printing liquids uh, on microarrays that can be used for in, uh, for IVD diagnosis. But uh, let's say that the most innovation uh, that we are working at is that of engineered DNA. Engineered DNA uh, means uh, to uh, the ability to synthesize uh, DNA that includes information that can contain important data to secure and authenticate. Uh, both products and to secure the people's health. So there will be some examples and I think this is really an area of innovation which is quite interesting. It's a new frontier and it's evolving very rapidly because it allows, as said, to secure, to use DNA as a secure data storage It's also a new trend in product marking because you can incorporate this information in in products. And so it opens the way, really, to a number of uh, new applications uh, to secure and authenticate medical devices or uh, to detect fraud or to decentralize uh, with low cost diagnosis kits, uh, as Arnaud was mentioning. And um, so to encode uh, millions of uh, different data information in a structure that will last for millions of years because DNA mm. strings can last really millions of years. So this is really fascinating. I'm very happy to, to use all my experience, which is uh, 35 years almost in ICT, of which 18 years in digital printing to to these new new businesses at Zipa
0: mm. Very exciting. Arno, just to to bring you back in, um, obviously this, this is a bridge between... Uh, the technology that um, Roberta is, is kind of experienced in, and SICPA's view of of leading the way, and I and I think that's the important thing that I was I was thinking a little bit about is is yours. I got a sense from you talking that you feel we we all kind of have a responsibility, but with with the, with the knowledge and experience that Sikpa have, there is a responsibility to be leading here. Is that right? Yes, and uh, let's take the case of
2: um, synthetic DNA for a minute. Okay, mm. Mm. it is a it is a growing segment. It is a very promising segment. It will create uh, new opportunities to protect large populations. Uh, um, it will reduce uh, uh, the uh, climate uh, deterioration impact of existing technologies mm. because you will be able to produce. In a more uh, nimble and e- ecological way uh, with mm-hmm. synthetic biology. But then, who is going to protect governments? Who's pro- going to protect governments for uh, against the harmful use of those technologies? You know mm-hmm. somewhere uh, someone in some uh, crazy scientist in Canada was ordering DNA fragments from the open market. Okay, from different types of providers, mm-hmm. and he could demonstrate that for less than 100k, he could reassemble those fragments and rebuild a virus that has disappeared from for hundreds of years, namely the horsepox virus. If someone somewhere was doing that, on, was doing that on smallpox, that is in, in extinct, extinct. Yeah. extinct yeah it could be a major massive catastrophe yeah, yeah sure. so I think we want to accompany those 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 uh, very, very promising technologies, but always keep in mind the bio risks what is is the next epidemics uh, going to be man made? Is this mm. going to be used by bioterrorists? Yeah, How yeah. can you track and trace those fragments? How can you monitor the use it's a, mm. and then you're back to the tra- tracking and tracing. Uh, type of a business that is indeed uh, at the roots of sequa. So mm-hmm. Can we use our, our digital track and trace uh, technologies, algorithm te- uh, technologies to compare uh, assembly of fragments against registries of uh, potential um, harmful sequence? Can we do that with the type of technologies and trust we have built with governments?
0: Sure, and I guess in in terms of the customers, they are often going to be governments, aren't they because Absolutely. yeah, yeah, because I guess that you know that's this is so wide, it's international globally you know the potential is is huge there, isn't it so it has to be comes down to governments to to think about this um and how persuaded are they by this?
2: It's a matter. It's a mat, It's very. It's very often a matter of uh, um, biosecurity mm. and and sovereignty. Mm. Uh, so you know, the traditional customers of SIGPA, uh, when it comes to government levels, they've mostly been in the in the in the domain of uh, finance departments, central banks. Increasingly, they are uh, ministers of health. Mm. And and very very often, and more often than not, national security councils that are, in the case of the US, for instance, directly attached to the White House. Sure, they are extremely uh, uh, governments are extremely interested into solutions that are going to actually help them better mm. prepare for risks.
0: Mm-hmm. And it is as you say, you know, we we've clearly experienced this in the in the last few years, haven't we? So. The damage that can be done on a global scale is clear for all to see. Um, and in terms of just uh, from the point of view of um, Roberta, just your involvement here and your team's involvement here, how, how do you feel about what you know, what, what you're doing, and, and how how it fits with SIKPAS' bigger kind of approach? Roberta?
1: Well, this is a horizontal technology. It's mm-hmm. not a specific business area, but it's a horizontal technology as it is digital printing in general that serve mm-hmm. many, many divisions at SIGPA. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them we have started working with Arno is uh, exactly life science. So let's, let's think of it as an enabling technology using the capabilities to develop uh, lab chip thanks to the microfluidics, uh, you know, the, all the skills uh, that are present uh, at ms chemistry, mm. and etc. And uh, I see uh, most of those things uh, in partnership uh, with biotech companies. Yeah. So also the project we have done in the past uh, in this area, they were always uh, with biotech companies because uh, the biology part uh, has to be provided by uh, the company competent in it. And uh, we can provide uh, all the other, uh, let's say, expertise uh, and technologies available to build those uh, low-cost lab-on-chip, uh, the uh, the microarrays, uh, and uh, the ability to print in three D, the the products with encapsulated uh, engineer the DNA and so forth. So it's Mm -hmm. a partnership. It's really always a partnership to go to market quickly and each company providing the the core competencies that we belong. We cannot pretend or claim, you know, to be expert in all fields. (laughs) But uh, there are fantastic companies around that uh, we can partner with. And this is also the spirit of the new campus that SIGPA has built and that will be... uh, Will be opening in, in, in the autumn. That is mm. called the Unlimited Trust that will host uh, all companies that would like to come and uh, cooperate to this uh, enabling trust world with new technologies mm. and initiatives.
0: It sounds like it's, you know, as a philosopher, you have um, a sense of altruism, a sense of kind of cooperation, of, of wanting to, it's not just a commercial sense here it's also about working together to actually achieve something that is beneficial to a degree commercially but also on, on a on a more holistic basis
1: Absolutely. so it's uh obviously uh confirming uh, all what are has said regarding the government i see this mm. as an opportunity to partner also with private company companies in yeah the B two B space, for instance, medical companies yeah, sure. to help them to protect their medical devices. This is yeah. another area. Yeah. There are several, uh, let's say, exotic uh, applications of Injet that um, some people, has, you know, is not thinking about. We mm. mostly we think about marking and coding products, but it's not only that. Mm. So there are really many applications where we we can uh, uh, use uh, the let's say, the benefit of micro-dosing, micro-spotting, in order to inject uh, very um, micro-units of liquids or fluids uh, Mm -hmm. or embedding into inks uh, that can be used for several purposes other than just marking.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you'll share a little bit more about that on the 29th of June with us in Geneva at our summit, I know. Sure. On Roberto- Thank you very much, both of you, for your time. That's given us a really good um, introduction to what you're going to talk about and, and also a bit of a sense of, of how it fits. Um, so thank you to both of you, Arno. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. And, uh, Roberto. pleasure. I will see you both in Geneva and uh, yeah. look forward to it. Thank you both for the time. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe now for more great audio content coming up and visit futureprint.tech for the latest news, partner interviews, in-depth industry research, and to catch up on content from Futureprint events. We'll see you next time on the Futureprint Podcast.